The Morning Struggle podcast is brought to you by Blue Clover Therapy, a mental health counseling practice in Salt Lake City, Utah. Visit www.bluecloverTherapy.com for more information. Blue Clover Therapy, because your mental health deserves a specialist. Welcome to the Morning Struggle Podcast, where we take habits of successful people and break them down one at a time into history, science, and action plan so you can implement them into your life to build a better you. Stay tuned. This episode needs no introduction. Because this is amazing. It's pretty amazing, and it's very relevant to right now. Uh And everybody is struggling so much. We already struggle in the fall time. And now this fall time is like 100 times worse. It's about a billion times worse. we're not even going to get into some witty banter. Mm -mm. We're just going to go right into it. Today is 100% serious. We are very serious. buckle up if you're driving. You sure should because you should be alarming. Why are you not wearing your seatbelt? Buckle up if you're walking or running or sitting on your couch listening to the show. Yeah. Because this one is all facts, no fun. That is the shepherd motto. Is that All facts, no fun. (laughs) Welcome, everyone, to the Morning Struggle Podcast. I'm Ty. I'm Jesse, And we bring you habits of successful people. And what are we talking about today? We are talking about seasonal shift. Seasonal shift. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk about like some seasonal depression and how the seasons change and what it affects, how it affects the chemistry of our brain, things like that? Yes. All right. All good. those things. So my history segment has nothing to do with that. Oh, good. So it ties in beautifully. Perfect. So without further ado, Morning Struggle Podcast history segment. This day in history... What happens in the winter? Snow. Right. And what is snow? Water. Frozen. Yeah, um, okay, but it's cold. So we're <laughs> going to talk about cryogenics. Oh. All right. So it's close enough, right? It is. The, your habits are getting so off in the left field. You're you welcome. can't do the history of the seasons again. It's just we're crazy. Just, it's just the earth. So so we're going to talk about the history of cryogenics. I love And it. then some interesting facts about cryogenics. Uh-oh. So you ready? Yes. So first of all, what is cryogenics? You freeze a person. It's the study of freezing things. It's not even people. You could freeze anything. Cryo. Oh my gosh, right. you're it's just, right. It's just freezing things. So actually, this came about in the 1700s. There started to be theorized. They started to theorize, like mm-hmm. David Faraday used to theorize about liquid refrigeration. Yeah, So that okay. was like the start of it. But people used to, in the early 1900s, they would freeze engines. What? So people in Germany, this was the first one was... Um, like the 1930s, they they froze a, a German company named Junkers, okay. froze military airplane components out in the winter. Why? It changes the chemical composition of the iron in the components. What? Makes them stronger. It seasons them. Apparently, the old bootlegging race car drivers, yeah. they would take their engine blocks and put it out in the winter in Buffalo, and okay. then it would season the engine, and then it'd be so much stronger. No come kidding. Come springtime racing. So that's, that's essentially what cryogenics. So 1930s, they did that. Um, so wait a minute. So if they freeze my head, do I become stronger? So this, we're going to get into that. <laughs> so I want you to remember a name. His name is Dr. Randall Barron. Barron. Yeah. So he was in the 1970s. He did a lot of research on cryogenics and um, he taught cryogenics and he's going to be important later in our conversation you ready so the development of true cryogenics you need four things you need a way to create and sustain extremely cold temperatures needed to be discovered okay Uh, a process had to be established to control the temperature of the cold chamber in a reproductible manner so you had to do it over and over and over again the same way okay right has to be a realization that beneficial changes could occur 
um, even at very cold temperatures. So you can freeze someone and then you can bring them back or you can freeze an engine and it comes back stronger. Oh, okay. Just that theory. It doesn't have specifics about like cell, cell, um, freezing. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be human anatomy. And then the change has to be tested. So those are like the four categories of cryogenics. Okay. So now we got to figure out, well, first, how do we create the cold? Uh, we go to Antarctica. We, we, we could go to Antarctica. Mm-hmm. But My, Michael Faraday started to develop theories about refrigeration using liquid liquefied gases. So this is super, super interesting. Remember our refrigeration segment? Yes. So in 1845, re- refrigeration units became available after Dr. John Gorey um, developed a refrigeration for malaria patients. Remember, it was That's the right. first air conditioning. Yeah. So it's so confusing because in 1877, they figured out this Louis Paul Calatier, um, mm. you could cool, you could cool liquids okay. or you could compress liquids and it cools it. Oh. So when you compress it into a bottle, the bottle gets colder. When you release that gas really fast from that bottle, yeah. it cools again. Oh, why why so it... is it the same? It's like when you put two atoms together, it makes energy. When yeah. you split two atoms, it makes energy. What? This makes no sense to me. It's science, babe. I Don't know. ask questions. I know. So anyways, they, they started liquefying gases. Okay. Um, so they got that. So now we've got like liquid nitrogen. Imagine mm-hmm. that. You know how that works? Mm-hmm. So there you go. So we got cold check. Next one. You got to gain control. You got to figure out how do we make this happen in such a precise level? We can't just like put a body in a bin and pour liquid nitrogen over it and be like, close enough for Uncle Harold, you know? <laughs> so this was the microprocessor. And a temperature-controlled unit became available. Oh, like what I'm imagining is like a coffin tube that they have like six bodies in there. They is that do. what you're talking about? Yeah, and we'll get we'll get into this company company here in a bit. Oh no, joke! Oh, okay. it's the real deal. Um, so the reason we have problems, so now we got now we got we can make things cold, right? Okay, yeah, we got it. We can make them cold repeatedly the same way. We have a system. Yep. We got a little problem when you freeze a body. Yeah, because the cells burst. No, no. So, so like when you freeze dry fish. So okay. if, you, if you slowly freeze fish, it explodes, right? Because yeah. the water in the in the cells expands. Yes. And it bursts cells. And that's why you get mushy fish. Okay. Well, flash freezing fish doesn't do that. So when you cool it instantly, uh-huh. you don't get that crystal liquefaction expansion. Oh, Makes sense? Oh, so this but, is the same theory with bodies. So same theory with bodies. That's why you cool them fast. You can't just put someone in a freezer and be like, all right, they'll be cold in a, a day or two. Like, cause then they would just turn to mush, right? Yeah. When you, when you go to thaw them. Oh, gross. So that's why you need to look by gases. such a gross conversation. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but the, so when you heat something, like yeah. you, you fry an egg, you think, okay, that chemically changes the egg, right? Yes, yeah. So we, we, we consider heat equals chemical change. Right. We don't realize cold also can equal chemical change. We say, well, if you take water, you freeze it, it becomes ice and then you melt it and it becomes... We think it's, yeah, we, we th- then we think it's just water. We think water. it's the same, same thing. But... Ferrous metals, which is iron, okay. turns um, one of these, and I'm going to get butchered these, austenite. Okay. Austenite changes good. to martensite Ooh. crystals. And I think they're stronger, and that's why the racing blocks are stronger after that, they get frozen. That would make sense, yeah. Okay. But what's in our, what's in our blood? Um, iron. A bunch of iron. Tons of it. So we're getting a lot of chemical changes in our body when we flash freeze ourselves. Well, and you don't, you don't, do you take out all the blood? Um, no. So there's so many weird ways they do this. Is there lots so, of different so they, ways? So they, they, they just do heads. Yeah. Cause um, I, I was going to ask you, I can't afford to have my body cryogenically put away, but I feel like maybe just my head, but then 
After all of our research, my stomach is my second brain. So can I get my stomach and my head frozen? Prob- and probably. Do I want to be frozen? This company in Arizona can do whatever you want to do. Magic. It, it's complete magic. Okay. So so let's let's talk. So that's like cryogenics in a nutshell. Yeah. And there's a bunch of different ways. You can freeze just some of your cells because they think that your DNA carries all your, you know, your memories essence. and your yeah. essence. So they can just recreate you from your DNA or they can do just your head and give you a mechanical body or they do your whole body. So. Well, and then they talk about like you get into soul and what is a soul. And oh like my God. We just got super of... existential. Yeah. This company is not worried about that. They're they just don't. worried about their coffers. Okay. So. First one, Dr. James Bedford. We're talking about cryogenically frozen people. Yes. Eight famous ones. Because there's like 145 or 150 cryogenically frozen people. Is this like a, is this a, I mean, I, I feel like Disney right. is is frozen. He's not. That's a that's an urban legend. Is that an urban I'm legend? I'm 99% sure it's an urban legend. But you never know. I mean, they, they could have said, hey, it's an urban legend. And then he's frozen underneath the Peter Pan ride. <gasps> so I'm just saying that's oh. why everybody likes Peter Pan so much is because he's in the Peter he's Pan. He's in ride. there still. Okay, so Dr. James Bedford, uh, he was a professor, right? Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. And he was the first person ever to be cryo, cryo um, cryogenetically frozen. Okay. So this was in January 12th, 1967. Whoa, 67. He died that day, and then they froze him that day. So yeah, I would assume you'd have to all do these it right people away. have to die, and then you freeze them. You can't, you can't be frozen alive. Well, God, I hope not. I know. Oh my gosh! Why did you even you put that thought in my head? That's awful. Yeah, and so then another piece, like some like Hollywood producers got frozen, some mathematicians got frozen because we need smart mathematicians in the future, I guess. Who have robot bodies? We have robot bodies. This guy, this is my favorite guy. His name is FM twenty thirty. FM twenty thirty. Yeah, because when he was born, um, Ferridium M S Fandieri. If I had that name too, I'd be like, nope, I'm changing it. I'm out. I think he was like a physicist or something. Okay. It sounds like a rapper name. Maybe he was a rapping physicist. Oh. So, but he wanted to live to 2030 and 100 years old. And he said in 2030, everything would be um, amazing. Like Ooh. the world would be amazing. We would live essentially indefinitely. Uh, that's 10 years away. Ten, we only have 10 years, folks. Hang in there yeah, and then you get gonna immortality. Get it's going to get good. He died at 69 in 2000. He had pancreatic cancer, and he was really mad at his pancreas. Yes. Yep. Uh, and then we'll, and then we'll talk about the. Well, let's talk about this one real quick. Dora Kent. So her son Saul is a board member of the Alcor Life Extension Foundation. This is where we get a lot of the cryogenically frozen people in the Alcor Foundation. Oh, okay. So she had pneumonia. She was old, eighties. She died. Yeah. And then they froze her head. Just her head. Just her head. They found out later she might not have been dead when they froze her head. Oh so my. So some people got arrested, but really nothing came of it. What does that mean? It means what exactly what you think it means. Most famous one, though. Wait. The Louisville Slugger. We're going to move on. We're going to move it, on. Nobody that cares. That scares me. Dora was, Dora was fine. She was, she was way out of it. Oh, my um, gosh. But the most famous of them all. Okay. Here we go. The Louisville Slugger himself, Ted Williams. Oh. Baseball player Ted Williams. Yeah. This one was a super weird story. So in Ted Williams' will, okay. it says he wanted to be cremated. Yeah. But then there was a cocktail napkin with a family packed of signatures saying that they will all be cryogenically frozen and reunite later in life <gasps> down the road when they can be preserved. So the sister's like, you guys were drunk. That's not what we're doing. And the son took her to court and said, yes, we are. Here's the napkin will proof. And the judge awarded cryogenically freezing oh so my ted gosh. williams is cryogenically frozen and so is his son 
So now, because courts never go fast, they just had to have his body just kicking it there during that whole time? Uh Uh-huh. Oh my, you guys, you guys were drunk. We're not doing that. And then, and then he's doing and that. And then he's doing it. So, okay. So in 2030, when everything is fine, because uh-huh. apparently that's the magic number, uh-huh. he's going to wake back up. He's going to have a robotic body. And he's going to be like, dude, I was just drunk. Please just scream at me. <laughs> or he's going to be like, high five. It paid off. It's like when you were in high school and all you and your buddies are like, hey, we should wear hammer pants. You were kind of <laughs> kidding. But at the same time, you were kind of like hoping it'd be cool. And y'all bought hammer pants, and yes, it was you magical. all became cool. So <laughs> yes. that's it. So that's what I got for the history segment. It went a little Whoa, long on cryogenics. So Walt Disney was not frozen. Okay. It says it in here. That not, makes me... Not, not frozen. That was just an urban le- legend. There's a yeah. lot of urban legends around Disney himself. Yeah, well... Tons of them. He, he was the man. He was the man. He was the man. Okay, so that's what I got for cryogenically freezing people. Well, that just gave me nightmares. Thank Should you. we get back into seasonal changes? Yeah, let's talk about some science, huh? And talk about some science on our brains and what happens in our brains before we freeze them. Yep. Humans are not seasonal breeders. We're not seasonal breeders. We just breed all the time. We breed all the time. We're just dirty, dirty birdies. <laughs> all right. Well, what's interesting, though, is that we do have variances in our our sexual activity. Okay. Okay. So wintertime depression and seasonal affective disorder obviously is going to have a big um, reducer of intimacy in okay, general. Okay, so, so we're less intimate during the winter when it's cold and we're supposed to be hunkered down. In theory, but it, it, it seems to be particular humans who are affected by the winter time or seasonal affective disorder. Oh, so if you're sad in the winter, you want to have the fun times less often. Yes, that yeah. And so, sense, and then yeah. vice versa, summertime is kind of your jam, right? Okay, right. Um, unless you grew up in an area and you're acclimated to the, the season, if you're like Copenhagen. They have really awful weather, right? So like cold and rainy. Cold and rainy. All the time. Scarves and and sweaters all the time. They are less likely to have this reduction in sexual behavior because they're they're acclimated to it. This is their whole world. But if you and I, because we're from Utah, move to Copenhagen, we're more likely to have those um, seasonal affective disorder symptoms. So if you go from a sunny place or a warm place to a cold and dreary place, Mm -hmm. you're more likely to have seasonal affective disorders. Right. Okay. And and it's interesting because we, cause like this year I have definitely had seasonal affective disorder more than I have ever had ever. Right. Like I've, I've never experienced it like this before. And I think there's a, a lot of other factors at play for sure. Um, but I haven't moved anywhere. Like this is this True. is where I have lived my entire life. So humans are very unique in that everybody gets affected in different ways at different parts in their life. It could be that I'm veering into my 30s and my hormones are kind of out of whack or something, and that's why I'm being more affected. But in general, we tend to breed less during the cold the cold times. Makes sense. Um, and what's interesting, so you know, women have a monthly cycle where their their hormones rotate through. Oh, we know. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> but men do too, but not Wait, monthly. Menopause is real. What menopause is real? Uh, it is. Yeah, menopause for women. Menopause. Menopause. It's menopause. That's what I meant. Menopause. Menopause. Well, well, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> it's the reduction of testosterone as you get older. But also, you guys do it based on a year cycle. A year. So our period lasts a year. Your period lasts a year, which is pretty much all of winter. All of so we have a so our period lasts six months. 
<laughs> yes, which okay. is really exciting. All right, that makes so, sense. But that's what it is: is you get a reduction in testosterone circulating. Okay. Um, it it um, starts reducing significantly in uh, fall time. Okay. And all through winter, it continues to dip, continues to dip, and then we start getting spring back in, and testosterone starts going up, 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 and it peaks in the summertime. Okay, so we do have fluctuations. We're just not like some penguins or whatever, like wolves or something that have breed at a specific time or elk when they rut. Right. You breed at a specific time so you can have your baby at a specific time. That's why we have babies throughout the year. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. And so human beings, we are basing all of our our mood changes and all of our depression, anxiety, everything is based on a, a brain that was developed before we had houses and air conditioning and heating. Right. We have primitive brains. We have primitive brains, right? And so that's where we get into the breeding. But then also any type of extreme weather, either cold or hot, creates a stress response in us. So it increases our general stress and our general anxiety. So this was one of my things where I'm like, things are fine. I don't know why I'm so anxious. It can just be that now it's cold. Okay. So that can boost anxiety or bump up anxiety. And when you are anxious, you have... Cortisol increases, all that stuff, yes. and and you essentially want to reproduce less you want because to it's, n- it's not a safe time for you to reproduce. Exactly. Okay. So we're doing that. We are, are, with it being cold and we're just kind of uncomfortable, if we have any type of depression or seasonal affective disorder type symptoms, and you don't have to meet the full diagnos- uh, diagnosis in order to have symptoms, by the way. Sure. So just, you know, just to clarify that, but um, it, it completely affects the way that our brains actually react and, and conglomerate onto our dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin. Okay. So it's, it, it's much more, you need a more of it to get the, a good effect because your brain just doesn't connect to it because we're, we're having this lethargic, you know, we're having sleep pattern issues and, and there's lots of other issues going on. So we're less receptive to our fun, love and adrenaline hormones. Yeah, exactly. Um, I thought you'd like this one, and I don't... I'm just going to put it in here. Um, So the stock market is three times more likely to go up in cities that are suddenly sunny than those that are not. Wait, what? Yeah. So if let's say we live in Arizona. Arizona gets a ton of sun. Um, Suddenly it's a sunny day. The stock market's not really going to change. Right. Because it's always sunny, right? But let's say that it's... Let's, let's say we're here and it's kind of glommy outside and it's been snowing and that kind of thing. But suddenly we get a sunny day. Three times more likely to go up in the stock market. What? Yep. I'm just going to look at the New York weather and I'm going to buy my stocks and, and exchange my stocks based on the New York weather. And it can go, yeah, it can go specifically to the hour. Okay. Yeah. Isn't well, that wild? There you go. We sh- you should develop a program for this. You too can be a stock market millionaire. You just got to know your weather. Just got to know your weather. Got to know your weather. Okay. Um, we buy more lottery tickets on cloudy days. And there's kind of debate about why this might be. Some people say it's to boost mood. Lottery tickets are not the way to boost your mood. Right. Just to like clarify that. Um, but what they're thinking is that the it, if it's, so it's a suddenly cloudy day. And because I'm talking about shifts here. Right. So if it's really sunny and then suddenly it shifts over to cloudy, um, our self-control depletes. Oh, because it was an unpredictable event. Yes. And so it adds extra stress onto us. And so our self-control goes down and then we're more likely to buy more tickets. What? Isn't that wild? Get out of town. Okay. So we need stock market program for (laughs) for rainy days and we need a lottery ticket like cart, like like a food cart. 
but with the lottery tickets. Mm-hmm. And we just follow the weather around. Yep. And we just have a little cart. A little cart and, and drive it to places that are cloudy. Yep, exactly. <laughs> All right, done. <laughs> exactly. And then last, but certainly not least, um, when we have less sunny days, so le- like we're getting into fall. Sure. This is the perfect time for this kind of thing. We are more likely to artificially compensate. So this is with drugs, alcohol, tobacco, uh, chocolate. Any type of stimulant tends to be the thing that we, we go for. Um, and it, they see, I mean, you, if it's you're used to sunny days, you're used to good weather, you're used to feeling good, you're used to exercising, and then suddenly it's cloudy, you don't feel like going outside, you're very lethargic, that kind of thing. So we go and get more stimulants. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. We're just... It's just the way it works. And it, I wish it didn't. I wonder. Sure. I wish we could figure out how to fix this. Well, but we are, I think, progressively we're trying to move out of nature, right? We're trying to be in our homes more, especially right now. Like we're, right. we're away from our loved ones. We're away from nature. We're not, we don't even go out to get in our car and drive in the weather in our car, right? So we, we progressively have moved away from nature, but we are very much still part of nature. And even... Even the ions changing in the atmosphere as the weather changes affects us. Whoa. So even if you're not outside, even if you don't know it's snowing, the the idea of just having the, the ions in the air that changes with getting a snowstorm, for instance, will affect you inside your house, cozy and wanting to be away from everything, it still affects you. That's crazy. Well, I'm excited for your action plan to for you to Woo! essentially cure seasonal affective disorder. Yeah, I mean, a magic wand? Yeah, I probably feel like a I need a magic wand. wand. Well, before we get into the action plan, uh-huh. let's go with a quick coffee segment. Yes. And then let's action plan out how to get through seasonal changes. I drank pots and pots and pots and pots of strong black coffee trying to keep my sleepy soul awake but the sleepiness still comes along and when it does it's fast and strong i end up with a bad case of the shakes going along with the theme of cryogenically freezing people oh my gosh we're going to talk about how instant coffee is made Yeah, I thought it'd be a little uh, tidbit of information because you like instant coffee sometimes. Sometimes. You used to like it a lot, which drove me nuts because I cannot. I'm a a snob and an aficionado and you will drink whatever as long as it's hot and has a ton of caffeine in it. Yeah, yeah. So, So you used to keep around... The instant coffee. I still have instant coffee. Oh, if I find it, it's going in the garbage can because it can't even be next to my coffee beans. <laughs> you don't so want it to affect we it. Don't want it to, we don't want you it don't to, want it talking to, to tarnish each other. my stuff. But here, you ready? So instant coffee. We're going to talk about how it works. So there's two kind of processes with instant coffee. Okay. There is a spray drying process or a freeze drying process because <gasps> instant coffee is essentially brewed coffee dried into crystals. Yes, right? yeah, and then yeah, you yeah. pour it in the water. So the spray drying process is where liquefied coffee concentrate is sprayed into a fine mist in the air, approximately 480 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh. And then when it hits the ground, it becomes crystalline. So oh. all the water has evaporated. So you spray it in a mist. Yeah. And then all that mist gets evaporated and you have coffee crystals. So there's like a room somewhere where they're just spraying coffee. How do I get in... In that room, is there? I mean, because so you just be like spray. I by, could just spray by, by coffee. coffee. I could just like. Whoa. It is four hundred and eighty degrees Fahrenheit, so it might be a little burny, <laughs> but that's okay. We can talk. We can talk to some people. I feel like they could turn that part off. Yeah, the I next. Feel like they could turn it off. The next one is freeze drying, and it's slightly more involved. So the coffee is cooked down into an extract, okay. which is then chilled to approximately twenty degrees Fahrenheit until it becomes a coffee slushy. 
So you can have a coffee little slushy, which would be delicious as well. Maybe. It would be so concentrated. And then that slushy mixture is then further chilled using a belt drum and tray to negative 40 degrees. Whoa. Then it's put onto these like sheets like toffee and then broken up. Oh. So that then you get your your coffee. And then it dried with a vacuum. Right, right, right. Like I think just your typical household vacuum. (laughs) You know, no big deal. But let's see. So freeze-dried coffees... They um they started way back like 200 years ago. Um oh so let's see the first versions of instant coffee date back to 1771. What? Yeah, oh, this is according to Oxford something or other. Ah, uh, some, no, some those study. guys. Yep, but um the most famous two mm-hmm. are Folgers and Maxwell. Yeah. So Folgers, they're battlers. Yeah, this was late 19th century. A firm in Glasgow invented the product called Camp Coffee, which was liquid essence made of water, sugar, coffee essence, and chalk. Chicory? Mm. I think chicory. Anyway, and then you had in the 1800s, Mr. James Folger. Everybody's, every famous company is like the name of their their last name. Well, yeah. If they've been around forever. No, you don't think about it. But like when you go like, oh, Folger's Coffee, blah. You're like, James worked really hard on that. Don't (laughs) insult him. Like we're happy he's just out of the house and had a job. (laughs) So, yep, Folger's and then Maxwell. (laughs) They used it for the GIs, like the, the army guys. Yeah, wasn't instant coffee like a big proponent? I mean, like they used it in wars. It was a war thing. It's really big in Russia and China right now. What? So, yep, that's just where we're at. So that's it. That's all I got. I wanted a quick coffee. Russia and China? Why? Russia and China. Uh, I don't, it didn't say. You should call a Russian or a Chinese person and be like, hey, why do you like like instant instant coffee? coffee? And then you can totally stereotype. I wonder wonder if um, it's just something that could be mass- mass produced and it's cheap probably yeah it's it's cheap to produce it's easy to make like you don't need a lot of specialized equipment you just need hot water and a cup and a mister and well i mean like to make it yeah oh to make 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 it like so but but it's um so i I don't have my my form up anymore but acrylamide is the the toxin that you get from roasting coffee beans yeah and instant coffee has twice as much so it's really not great well because it's super oxidized like it's overly oxidized so it's not great and and i am aware that instant coffee is not good but in a pinch in a pinch and and companies like starbucks Uh and the other fancy roasters um, beans and brew they make a instant coffee that's a little more fancy yeah but you know what though typically those have so much more sugar in it and it's to counteract that that toxin the the bitterness of the acrylamide so anyway there you go that's how that's That's how instant coffee is made now that you know maybe you'll like it less and it'll get out of our house so let's get back into seasonal changes. <laughs> let's talk about the action plan, and you can bring all of us down the journey and path of fixing this disorder. Let's hope you make the most of it, my boy. Okay, so everybody's a little different, and so we need to make sure to know exactly how you are affected. It's kind of the same, be aware. Oh my gosh, every be time. Aware. I'm so sorry everybody out there. But no, you need to you need to self-analyze first. Yeah. Because like this year in particular for me, way worse way than worse. any other year. Yeah. And so I but I wouldn't know that unless I paid attention to these these symptoms, right? So I want you to be mindful of any changes that you have that correspond with seasons. Okay. Makes so sense. and and even even as you start moving into like sunnier seasons cuz we typically think of like ah oh, summer awesome we're going to do lots of cool things there can be a little bit of depression around that shift simply because there is a change and okay, that's so just getting hot and you can have that same negative effect yeah. even even though it's you're supposed to have an uptick in all this 
even um, if you enjoy it. I love summer, yeah. but you can still have a change. Yeah, but a it's negative like, change. Okay. Oh, we're we're you know going down the timeline, and then we can add all kinds of emotions in there. Okay, um, but being very aware, and then because I, I want you to be aware so that you can prep better next season. So so what are good, some good ways to actually become aware? We always say be yeah. aware, but what are, what are the the ways we increase awareness. Okay. So, um, lots of people use meditation to kind of okay. just sit and think so, about so, it. And then we have an episode on meditation. Yeah. So, okay. so um, meditation, you can, How about um, journaling. Can we journal? Journal's great as well. Okay. Um, anytime, if you can eliminate, uh, electronics, okay. go for a walk, go for a hike. So and, flow state. And pay attention. Okay. Nature. Yeah. So essentially get away from your day-to-day routine, break mm-hmm. it up, meditate, journal entry, something, whatever works for you to make that honest assessment of where you're at. And asking people, asking the oh, people getting, you interact getting input with. from your peers yeah. and your family. Because, okay. because like you are a good example of someone who, I mean, you, I think you are aware of it. I'm oh, but I'm a, ty- I just, I just, I you're, am a tyrant in that aspect. Well, and I you'll power through. Barrel through it. And I am meaner than a, a billy goat. Yeah. They're mean. Are they mean? They're kind of mean. I feel like they I wouldn't say be that one they're, of the little guys. The, well, that's a regular goat, not a billy goat. What's a billy goat then? They're the mean ones. <laughs> they're the mean ones they with, the, the, with the beard. Mean. Ooh, with the yeah, horns. Yeah, the, the evil goatee. And that's they, a billy goat. And they butt you with their head. And they head. butt you with their little horns. Gosh, All right, we got intense. way off on a tangent on well, that one. But so, but me bringing it up to you and just being like, "Here's an honest assessment of what's going on." You're kind of being a jerk, okay? And then you taking that as a like in a, a productive way, yeah, productive way, not so a nice a, way, a, but a, a productive criti- way. A criticism, I can yeah. take a criticism and apply it, and okay. vice versa. So, you because you want the people who are closest to you that you would interact with that you feel comfortable enough having that with. Um, the big kickers with seasonal affective disorder, um, you can go get medication. Okay. Um, and you can make it seasonal uh, medication. You it's just, just like antidepressants? It's an antidepressant. All right. Um, and um, talk to your healthcare provider. It can be a low dose, like all year round. It can be a specific dose during the season if you have kind of narrowed it down. But talk to your medical provider because that would be really good. Therapy is awesome. Um, therapy makes it so there's an outside person kind of guiding you through it because uh, depression in general makes you very foggy about what to do and spe- specifically with like logistical rational planning um, they can come up with a plan with you and then you you guys follow through together wherever the barriers it's a it's a good thing that way and you got to understand like with the the antidepressants or therapy it's not hey I can't get a handle on this you have chemical changes in your brain yes. that's why these things are beneficial you would never yeah. say you know like you're sick and well, I'm not going to go to the doctor because it's all in my mind right you know like you're, you're you're having chemical changes in your body see if you can get some help in that so right think about it that way when you when you go to attempt it yeah exactly even if you don't want to do medications you can at least work with a provider to talk about a plan to to physically do things to try to check that brain chemistry that's going on okay okay um we want to make sure that we're still getting into nature and we're still being physical. You still need to go work out. So even if it's cold, even, even if, if it's, it's cold, cold and snowy yeah. and you don't want to go outside, yeah. you have to. Yeah. Bundle up. Yeah. And and going to the gym is nice, but that's not outside. So the gym is good. Absolutely keep that up. But also get outside in some fashion um, because the it pairs with sunlight. So you okay. get you get a little bit of sunlight, and I'm not saying going and baking your face or something, but we we have to find some way of getting that vitamin D. I often um, recommend also doing a vitamin D supplement. Okay. Um, sometimes vitamin B, depending on what's going on, but make sure you talk to your medical provider if we're adding a lot of supplements, okay. um, or any really. And um, you can do light therapy. They have these light boxes. I've that seen re- those. Yeah. yeah. That replicate sunlight. 
you're not going to be in front of them for a long period of time, obviously, because we're not trying to get a tan kind right. of thing. But it's it's just being able to get that um, into your system. It's and probably make you feel easier just to go outside. Probably, but the sunlight's different in the wintertime. Sure. So you okay. might, I mean, you might get out there and be and out there for a couple hours it. and still not have it. Okay. So the light box is a good, if, if, if you're getting outside and you're doing the things you're supposed to and it's still not helping, the light box therapy is a good way to do that. And you can also talk to your therapist about it because they can recommend times okay. based on it. So that's a really nice thing. Um, yeah, so get some sunlight, even if it's artificial. And I need you to keep up on your self-care. So the unique thing about fall is that the fall comes with an onslaught of holidays. Sure. And holidays come with a lot of social obligations and a lot of expectations. So you're on your time crunches and you're doing everything for everybody else and you're super stressed. Yeah. Because you got to go to all the in-laws. We got to do all the things. Got to do all your things. And a little bit less this year, but yeah. Yeah, but even that, like, um, that's another thing that's been surprising is that I... I have a hard time going and we have to go to all these places and do all these things. And I, I, the expectations are really rough for me around this time of year. And we don't have any of those expectations this year. Not a single one. But you still have the stress. There's still the stress. And, and then there's this like kind of grief that goes along with this year that is unique to, to 2020. Okay. And we have to be able to acknowledge that. So whether you have to go to the in-laws or you don't go to the in-laws, mm-hmm. you still have grief attached to that just because it's the season. Yeah. And I'm okay. sorry, you're a human. Like our minds are weird and don't play nice sometimes. Right. And that's where we're at. So, so it, not only do we have a changing season, we have a really weird year and this is when self-care just completely depletes. I need you to keep up on that self-care. Like what self-care? Awesome. All the things. All Just all and, of the self-care things. <laughs> all the things that you enjoy. I want you to keep doing them even though so dopamine. Dopam- so- Oh, go ahead. Oh, even though dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin become less um, absorbent, they become I guess. blunted. Yeah, they become blunted um, because maybe I really dig knitting. Okay. And knitting doesn't do it for me anymore. So right we're now. talking hobbies. Mm-hmm. Maybe self care like 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 t- uh, tubs, tubs or massages. Massages. Okay. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Any anything that would give you just that pleasant content. Like I'm doing this for me. Yeah, this is this okay. is my time. Uh, maybe you do like indoor rock climbing or even working out can be part of that. Okay. Um, a painting, baking, whatever that thing is. The things that, that make you feel a little bit okay, know that during this season, typically fall and winter, sometimes early spring, it's your, your reaction to it's going to be a little blunted, but I need you to continue it because it is helping. Okay. So you need to continue the self-care. Yep. So do that assessment. Then all the other stuff you talked about. Make sure you <laughs> nature, get, light. Nature, light. Make, and self-care. And self-care. Make sure you get your self-care. Yes. And then hopefully together we can get through yep. this seasonal change, make it through to summer, and then as we continue to evolve, maybe we don't have those seasonal change effects. And we as can just, drastic. As drastic. And yeah. we can just kind of enjoy all the seasons for what they are. Yes. All right. We got anything else? I think that's it. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for being with us today. And go out there and... Build a better you. Thanks, guys.